Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! Salutations, everyone, and welcome back to Joygasm, where we talk about video games, movies, and that's right, pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and joining me is the defender of Filipina virginity, Steve, aka Stevovich, as we jump into episode 46 today. Uh, You should have seen Steve, the look on Steve's face. That was awesome. Totally broke my, my opening. That was awesome. As I was saying, as we jump into episode 46 today, November 11th, 2017, to get the most out of Joygasm, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on joygasm.tv and soundcloud.com slash joygasm TV. Also, for exclusive access and some sweet goodies, check us out at patreon.com slash joygasm. And no matter which platform you use to enjoy the show, please drop us a subscription, thumbs up, or a review. It helps us build awareness, which we appreciate very much. There are so many fantastic topics to discuss. I can barely contain myself. Apparently. Gaming news consists of Nintendo Switch sales, Player Unknown's next game, Injustice 2's next DLC characters revealed, EA buying Respawn Entertainment, GTA 5 sales numbers, and more. Movie news includes Netflix, the Han Solo movie, Venom, a secret Marvel project, Steven Spielberg's next movie, and no, it is not Ready Player One. Disney stipulations for theaters regarding Star Wars, Black Panther posters revealed, and another... Star Wars Trilogy announced. Our topic of the day is the Disney slash Fox deal possibility. But first things first. How you doing, Steve? Oh, man. Well, I had made myself a nice cup of coffee this morning, Rose. Mm-hmm. A little and cup I, of joe. And apparently I wasn't awake enough until you uh, had that opening comment there. So that, uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> <thought> startling. She- <laughs> Jeez, say the least. <laughs> I thought you would appreciate having that title, considering mm. the fact that your girlfriend is from the Philippines originally, Steve. Mm. I'm a very diverse individual, Russ. I, I like diversity. Hey, there's yeah. there, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's why I thought you'd like it. <laughs> Defender of Filipina uh, virginity. I thought that was pretty cool. It's great, Russ. That's a nice little ring to it. Um, but yeah, no, made a nice uh, cup of coffee uh, last uh, this morning, not last night, because last night I had a great night's sleep. No toss and turning for me. I found a nice side. I, I I put the put the AC on down to fifty nine degrees to regulate my uh, overheating body temperature, and um, I slept like a baby. I ended up waking up early. 
Oof. It's like the one day that I have that I can sleep in and it didn't happen. I woke up at like 7 a.m. Boink. Mm. No alarm, nothing. And I was just, I was laying there in bed. I'm thinking, uh, I, I got, I'll look at my phone. Maybe that'll make me tired. Yeah, right. And then 40 minutes later, it's like, uh, well, that's, actually, you know what? I take that back. I woke up at six. Oh, good. I woke up great. at 6 a.m. And I was just like, okay. And, and then 40 minutes later, it was 640. I'm thinking, what the heck? And so I ended up getting out of bed. You know, the rest of the family's still sleeping. I just, Went upstairs and uh, started playing some games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the worst thing you can do to try to go back to sleep is look at your phone because that's like 100% information coming at you all at once. And then you're like, oh, come on, brain, go to sleep. Info, 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 info. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it is bad. It was probably a bad thing to do, but it was weird. I felt restless. Like I was just, I don't know, like like I got home from work the other day. I know. I realized I asked you, uh, what's going on with you, but I, I figure I'm kind of going <laughs> to, yeah, just, no. I'm just going to say this really no, quickly. You, you, and, do, and then, you do you, Russ. It, we'll it, switch it up a bit. Okay. We'll switch it up. Well, I'll, I'll just keep going with it. Thank you for being so understanding, Steve. That's who I am, Russ. I got home and I was just absolutely, I don't know. My brain was going hundred miles an hour. And I think it was just with regards to different ideas for the show. And also just like, um, is that, is that uh, H2O of high quality over there? Uh, uh, I'm listening. Go ahead. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I just found myself thinking, what else could we do with the show? And, and also just what else um, could I do that would just be productive and in a creative sense? I don't know. I, I just found myself being really inspired. And I think a lot of things that we'll be touching upon on this episode kind of plays into that because as I was preparing for it, there are so many different types of exciting stories going on. And I, I really look forward to um, discussing that. Actually, segueing from that into some house cleaning stuff. It's not really house cleaning, but just a really fun announcement for Joygasm. I was looking at our statistics and we have several new countries that have joined the Joygasm family, which oh, I'm really excited about, as I hope you are as well. No, I'm not. No. <laughs> First and foremost, the Russian Federation. We oh. now have listeners there. We also have listeners from Venezuela. We have listeners from Ireland. Yes. Uh, we have listeners from Israel, Ooh. Austria, and Colombia. Wow. So the total amount of countries that are now a part of the Joygasm family uh, comes to 18. We now have 18 countries that um, have uh, taken a chance on us. And as a result, the numbers are steadily rising. So I definitely want to give all of the folks from those those uh, lovely places a big uh, high five. <laughs> high five, fist bump, pat on the back. Maybe, uh, maybe even a bear hug. I'll give you a nice big bear hug. <laughs> yeah, group hug. Uh, who wants a group hug? <laughs> so that, that's, that's definitely encouraging to see that. Uh, in terms of the games that I've played... Uh, you've been seeing me play a lot of Wolfenstein too. Wolfenstein, um, the Wolfenstein. Uh, but it, it's <laughs> it seriously is a great game. Yeah, I I will admit there have been some some moments of frustration where the difficulty all of a sudden just ramps up toward the end of certain levels. In which case, I have dropped well, dropped mini and f bomb, which I I apologize to ah, you, Steve. Ruba fragger. <laughs> um, <laughs> and well, I, I tell you, it is not fart fig nuken. <laughs> it is something else entirely. So you in the beginning did 
up the difficulty. You're like, should I start at normal? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, whatever you want to do. And then you're like, no, I'll do one from the most difficult. And, okay, Rust. I'm like, man, it's too difficult. Yeah. It is too Okay, well. I did. Go. I mean, because I'm a big first-person shooter guy. I like a good FPS. I'm, and I was reading the little descriptions on there, and I was thinking, you yeah, know, I could probably handle this. And I, I think I was, I think I chose, what, the fourth hardest difficulty or something to that effect. But I'm paying for it, man. I mean, mm. there are certain parts that are just so difficult to get past. But I do get past them. On a positive note, you can say that, you're, that the game playing experience is broadened. Yes. <laughs> You're not going to finish the game anytime really, really soon. No, but it it does feel... I have to thank Cuphead for that because I feel like Cuphead is such a difficult game. It's reawakened the fire deep in my belly about just wanting to, to have a good challenge. And uh, I might get a little pissed off, but... Uh, Cuphead. That's, <sighs> that's a love-hate relationship right there. It is. <laughs> I mean that okay, so that's worth mentioning as well. I we were both here. We've been stuck on this three-headed dragon boss forever. I think literally we've been stuck on that thing for a month. Three Probably. weeks, three yeah. or four weeks, somewhere around there. <laughs> I can't remember. I think I think we we were both co-oping through it. You died. I was still making my way through it. And I actually beat the thing. And I remember you like totally grabbed my knee and we yeah. were just you were literally shaking me like a ragdoll. <laughs> you were so thrilled that we finally got past it. And I was just dumbfounded I actually beat it. So it was just this weird kind of deer staring into an oncoming pair of headlights yeah. while you're shaking me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think if you hadn't shaken me, I, I pro it probably would not have registered that I actually did get past that boss. I had to make sure it wasn't a dream. Oh, I had yeah. to, you know, it was late at night. It was around like 1230 or so. And I was like, All right, you know, one more time, one more play. Like, I got to go to bed. I'm like, okay, maybe we already are asleep <laughs> and you beat him. Like, it's like, That's good. this better not be a dream. This better not be a dream. Yeah. It's extremely satisfying. And then we get to the third was it's the third world. Yeah, they, or th island. I can't remember if they call it a world or island, but it's that third isometric part of the game in the zone. <sighs> and now we're stuck there. Yeah. But mark my words, we will conquer all. It may take us a whole year to we do will. so, but we will. Yeah, I wish there was a way you can combine that stuff that you buy because I feel like the coins and everything is so are so hard to come by. Mm -hmm. And when you buy stuff, it's like, okay, well, you got to switch out what you like for something else that you're going to you know take a chance on. And then some might, maybe it's good, maybe it's not so good. Well, and the consequences of the game too, like when, when you're buying something from the shop, like I wish there was kind of a try before you buy. Yeah. Because I've bought certain things that I'm like, I can't use this. Like, yeah. like this is just not a part of my play style, but I've already committed <laughs> the money. Can I return it? Yeah. I got my receipt. <laughs> it's, it's within the return like time frame. <laughs> so under 30 days. Yeah. But everyone who I talk to just is loving the graphics, the animation, the overall presentation. It's just, it's a game that just, oh, you get so angry, but you just, you keep playing. I mean, like the, yeah. the addiction factor is extremely high. Injustice 2 is another game, of course, that I just, I constantly play. That's seriously one of my favorite games of the year. Mm. And I think on November 14th, which is next Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken, Hellboy gets redropped. I thought he was dropped already gets this week. Redropped. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for redropping me. <laughs> uh, 
And other news too, due to the fact, I can't remember if, if we have talked about this on the show. I know you and I have, have talked about it, but since our previous giveaway, we've been able to bolster our numbers to the point where we now have a customized URL on YouTube, which is joygasm.com slash joygasm. Nice. So that's yeah, a lot, that's a lot better than <laughs> letter Q number sign number up down question mark. It, it does. It's, it's a little easier to remember. <laughs> So I'm really excited about that. And actually piggybacking on top of that little statement there. Round two giveaway has begun on Twitter. And this time we are giving away both a Super Nintendo Classic Mini and a Super Nintendo Wireless Controller. So to enter, go to twitter.com slash joygasmtv where you will see a pinned tweet at the top. You, what you want to do is you want to retweet that tweet follow at joygasm TV and subscribe to the joygasm YouTube channel. And the link to the uh, YouTube channel is um, in the pinned tweet for your convenience. You must do all three of those things to be entered into the giveaway. The last day to enter is November 20th and we'll announce who the winner is on November 27th. I think the only other thing that is new with me is the fact that I'm making my way through Stranger Things season two with the wife and we're both loving what we're seeing so far. It's a little different than the first season, but I think it's a good kind of different. I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to just trying to binge watch our way through it. I think I'm going to start watching that tonight. As well, you should. I'm going to watch the uh, season one, episode one tonight. So I can get started on that. Partly because I'm curious. The other part is because I want to I want to finish it so I can talk to you about it. And then we can start watching The Sopranos. I'm dying to show you that. Yeah, I'm definitely open to, to seeing it. I know that um, that was just a hugely popular and mm -hmm. successful show back when it was on TV. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down for that. And I have so many shows I'm trying to catch up on. I have, I have the, of course... Stranger Things season two. I also have, I think Vikings, the, the latest season of Vikings is coming out this month. And then Gotham is another show I'm still trying to get caught up on. I've been told I need to watch Daredevil on Netflix. Right. As well as The Flash. Right. I put those on my list. Yeah. I mean, there are so many, and I know I'm forgetting two or three other ones just as I'm rattling these things off. But enough about me. Back to you in the newsroom, Steve. I almost thought you are going to forget about me there for a no, second. No, 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 no. <laughs> let's hear about what you have been playing let's slash see. watching. Well, let's see what day is today. Today's Saturday. I forgot when this happened, but I came home, I think uh, one night when I was with you, and flipped on the Xbox, and they gave me a code that says, hey, you know, it's the uh, beginning of uh, the holiday season. It's after Halloween, and uh, we just thought we'd give you five bucks to spend in the Xbox store. And I thought, oh, nice. This is on Xbox Live? Yes. I wonder if I got that. Yeah, I, you might want to check your messages, well, Russ. Well, oh, you keep talking. I'm going to go get my controller. Keep talking. Why don't you go over there and get your controller, take a little look at it. Uh, maybe they just like me more than you. I don't know. Anyhow, so it said it gave me five bucks, and I knew I had some credit from uh, a, a previous purchase that I had uh, made in order to get the Witcher uh, DLC. The you Witcher! Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you didn't say that right. Uh, so I knew I had about 15 bucks left and, as a balance, and so this put me at 20, and I thought, hmm, well, I've been playing lots of Witcher lately. Maybe I should... Uh, See if I have enough to get the Hot Wheels pack. So let me stop here real quick. So where did you see it? 
Uh, it's in the messages. Oh, there it is. Okay, enjoy a free $5 gift card on us to kick off your holiday shopping for that perfect gift. Redeem by November 30th, 2017 and spend within 90 days of redemption. So wait, so, okay, so you just, you have to click on redeem code in order to get it? There you go. I'm just surprised that they just didn't, I don't know, have like some sort of account set up for you. We're like, hey, here you go. Like, wh- why do I have to manually go in and redeem Ross, it? Ross, I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to take the five bucks. Yeah, but I mean, if, I wouldn't have known that had you not told me. <laughs> I mean, I would have been like, oh, man, look at Well, they, I, they came up with a notification on my on my screen when I first logged in. So one maybe one time you, you logged in and then had to put your daughter to sleep or something, and then it popped up and you missed it. So if I redeem the code, okay, so now I'm going over there now. I'm staring at the Windows shopping bag icon. Oh, there we go. Now we're getting to the uh, redeem a code screen. Waiting, thinking, loading. I'm staring at the perpetually animated green rotating. (laughs) Green and white. Is think go. oh no uh, 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 oh uh, now no. now we've gone from the green streak to the green circles. There we, okay, we go. Next. So we got the redeem your code or gift card. We're gonna click next. It's gonna be added to my email of choice. Here's what you get. Yeah, five dollar gift card. Okay, confirm. And it's processing. You're good to go. $5 has been added to your Microsoft account. Your new balance is $5. There you go. Hey, well, I appreciate you saying that because, like I said, I I probably would have just never known about that. Yeah. So um, I ended up having like $20.19 or something left over or $20 and a penny. Mm-hmm. And so sure <laughs> enough, the the DLC for the Hot Wheels pack for Forza Horizon 3 was 20 bucks. And I'm like, yes! Oh, how and about so that? I got it. And that's, what, that's the only thing I've been playing the entire week. Wow. And so, yeah, I've been having a blast. Uh, I brought dad over to, to check it out. Um, Good old dad. Dear old dad. Dear old dad's even better. Yeah. Dear old dad. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, I'm getting dizzy. I'm getting sick. You know, because all of, like the tracks and stuff. And I'm like, You're like ah! all excited. You're all yeah. playing with this look on your face in the background. You hear the dad. <gasps> <laughs> I got to clean that up now. <laughs> what does that smell? Oh, man. Um, so anyway, that's <laughs> that has just been a delight. Man, I tell you, I hope in the next I, I hope they 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 bring more Hot Wheels to the next Horizon Forza Horizon game. Uh huh. And I hope the one thing they do is they put a screensaver in the game of just different scenes, like with the waves and and the backgrounds and the tracks and all the colors and the sunsets, because it's just so gorgeous. That series you know? seriously gets better and uh. better every time. I mean, I haven't even played Forza Seven. Yeah. But um, from all the reviews I've seen and the friends I know who who bought the game, they say that's just yet another great addition to the series. Gran Turismo for the PlayStation, I believe, is supposed to be coming out. Is it this year or next year? Uh, it's supposed to be this year. I've been seeing videos popping up everywhere on YouTube. I'd be curious to see what that experience is like on there because I, I haven't played a Gran Turismo title in years. But this one in particular, from just what I've seen... This piqued my interest. Yeah, I I don't know. There's been so many Gran Turismo's that I've played in the past, and they 
I don't know. I, I just can't do them anymore. I think I've said it a couple times in the show where, um, I don't know if it's just, it's the driving dynamics or it's the same tracks or the sound effects don't, don't, uh, change that much in the games and it's too like on rails per se. Yeah. And I, I couldn't do it to Gran Turismo anymore. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a okay with, with staying in my love relationship with, uh, with Forza. Right on. Especially the Horizon series. That, uh, yeah, and it's crazy how both you and I played Forza Horizon 3. That was the first Horizon game we played, and I think it was just the, the timing it was perfect, just just based on what I saw from the previous iterations. I think we, we were introduced to it at just the right time, and I think we are <laughs> certainly looking forward to seeing what, what uh, Horizon 4 has in store yeah, for us. Yeah, for sure. I remember I played the demo for Forza Horizon 2, and it just didn't have... I mean, it was it was cool, but it didn't have that. Um, I don't know. It was more like a, a big party, and that's what what the main focus is like. Party, sports cars, bro. Welcome. This is Forza. This is right. And I was like, what is, is this like a frat party with sports cars or something? Like, what is going on? I remember you. Yeah, I think you mentioned that before. Oh and I just didn't have the vibe. This had some humor thrown in, and had like some some polish and oh, professionalism, sure. and then still really really beautiful uh, venues and whatnot. So I, it just hit all the buttons for me. Other than that, um, I mentioned uh, last week that I was going to get South Park in the mail, <laughs> snail mail, and so I watched that. That was okay. I forgot what season it was, but it was it was the season that had uh, um, Free Wilsniak. I have no idea. Which is basically the episode where uh, the South Park boys uh, free a, a killer whale. <laughs> so it was <laughs> okay. It was, it was on. A, it was it was a take on that, but it was basically. <laughs> The, the the people at like SeaWorld or you know whoever uh-huh. else you know are, are pranking the South Park uh, guys and uh, thinking that you know they, they got this killer whale this orca from space and now he wants to go back to his family and so they orchestrate this entire big plan to make this whale escape and then go to Mexico with their little rocket program and <laughs> the whale into space wow and uh, what was really cool what was probably the coolest thing about the episode is that uh, the pranksters from the SeaWorld that place. They go around the little uh, South Park neighborhood looking for the boys and, and bring these uh, composite sketches mm-hmm. of them to their parents. They're like, okay, you know, where, where, where are these boys? They're, this is what they look like. And some artist has gone in there and like really hashed out what these, what these kids would look like if you were to see them today. Uh-huh. And I mean, it looks like it comes off the page. It is so well done. I, I want to Google. I'll send you a Google image of it, but it's, it looks crazy good. Okay. So nothing you expect in the, in the show, but... Anyhow, hmm. that brings me up to speed. Brings you up to speed. Well, okay, so as we jump into gaming news, the first thing, I'm not going to play the music just yet because the first item on here is the fact that NetherRealm Studios just dropped their trailer for the DLC pack three. So it's it's the, the third pack for the new characters coming out. Two of which... I already knew one was going to be the Enchantress, which I don't know if, uh, did you ever watch Suicide Squad in the movie you did, or did you see parts of it? You saw it with me? Mm-hmm. You asked me that. That's like the main question. Like my brain uh, does not work man. so well anymore. You have to forgive me on this. Russ, I'm just a figment of your imagination. <laughs> you're you're, you're talking see- to yourself right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I, I like talking to imaginary friends. <laughs> you never even had a brother, Ross. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm something you created early on. <laughs> if, if there was the id, the ego, and whatever that third one is, you're the third one. 
man. Anyway, so you remember Enchantress from Suicide Squad. Or did you just check out after like watching like the first third of that film and now you just have no recollection whatsoever? Yeah, I kind of checked out. Okay, so I don't feel too bad about this. Okay, so one of the characters is going to be Enchantress. The other one is going to be Adam, which is basically the DC equivalent of Ant-Man, which actually is not, it, is a, it sounds like it could be, could be pretty cool in terms of the gameplay mechanics for the game. The third one, however, completely took me by surprise. I am totally excited, and I want you to watch this trailer right here, Steve. Okay, right. So. Little DC logo. DCWB. Nether Realm. Ah! <laughs> Little dark alleyway. Oh, that's Raiden. Who was from the DLC pack too? Uh, oh, red, red barrels pouring black out something that that's got to be. Uh, you got Black Manta in the background. Got knocked over. All right, there's Adam. Enchantress is t shifting into her darker self. They're gonna have a little rumble action. <laughs> they look at each other like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you new here? <laughs> now they got the bassy sound effects just like in the regular game. All right, now pay attention. I'm paying, Ross, I'm paying. What do you see there? Now that looks like fun. Oh, snap. Tibbs on the magic lady. We fight as a team, Mikey. Fine. Ah, those are the old school turtles, not the new school. Exactly. Those are the good ones. Man, they did a good job rendering them. Look at look, look. Is that not righteous or what? Oh, okay, yeah. No, well, I, I thought that was someone else on the on the uh, on both sides there, but no, man, they got the walk down, yes, and the textures and everything. And they look like they just come from the original movie back in the day. Yes, into the nineties like, style. You got to get that. Well, and, and I am because it comes with the ultimate edition of the game. Wow. But I mean, what I, I believe the third DLC is the last pack to be released for the game. What a way that to wrap crazy. up Injustice Two. I yeah. mean, like I saw that and I was like. <gasps> Like I just, I, I had some brain aneurysms firing off. I was so pumped. And, I, and it sounded like they, I think they got Corey Feldman to actually um, reprise his, his voiceover role for one of the turtles. It sounded like. It, it did, yeah. Um, we got to look that up. But the characters, I mean, the fact that they went with a 90s style, such so a awesome. smart move. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, I'm I, man, so excited. Netflix recommended the new turtle uh, movie to me. And I'm like, ah, I didn't really care for the first one that much. I'm like, I don't. I probably should see it just because, uh, ooh, just because uh, some of my friends have seen it and I know some some folks like it and you know, God bless you. Yeah. But uh, I just I, after the first the original one is the staple. I'm sorry, I'll take it to my grave, baby. It I, is. I love that movie. Oh yeah, it's one. Seriously, it's one of my all time favorite movies yeah. ever. Yeah. I mean, I think that that movie we saw in the theater. 
13 times, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, no, 13 for sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was insane. And, like, everything about it was just absolutely perfect. So and it's funny because when you think of the, the turtle camps, you have folks who are diehard 90s Turtles fans. They love the way the turtles looked in the cartoon uh, in the comic books themselves, yeah. as well as as the the first film, the first outing. Some and of those, then, sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm getting excited. I was just gonna say some of those comic books are pretty gritty. Oh yeah, also too. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so go ahead. And then you have the second camp that prefers more of the the update. Yeah. To the turtles, whether it's the Nickelodeon cartoon um, or even like the the more recent films that. Um, Michael Bay produced and someone else. I can't remember who the director was, but it's interesting to have those two. I, for one, though, cannot wait. The fact that they even have all four turtles in there, and, I, and I, I'm going to just venture a guess, due to the way that Injustice 2 has its gameplay mechanics for the characters, I have a feeling that one of the specials that you can do is rotate between all four turtles on the fly. So based on that, you could like be Raphael and then hit the B button if you're playing on Xbox, and like all of a sudden like like switch out for Donatello or whoever it is. I I could be wrong, but that's my theory. I think that that's how you're going to be able to do it. I wonder if uh, if if they don't do that and you're choosing like I don't know Donatello, and you you get your uh, your special, your move, uh-huh. your, your ultimate, whatever. And then they all get on those uh, those rocket skateboards sort of thing. You just drag <laughs> them through the sewers, banging them all over the place, you know? Well, and that's Something a, cool like that. And see, that's really cool, too, is that, like, I didn't even think about the ultimate. I mean, the ultimate would be fantastic to showcase all four turtles just doing certain things. You have Mikey on his, like, rocket skateboard, or you have Donatello with his tech. I mean, just who knows what it is. But, yeah, I, I could totally see the some sort of heroes in a half shell sewer sequence and just be, ugh. Man. I mean, my hat goes off to Ed Boone. Ed Boone is is the uh, the founder of NetherRealm Studios. He he's the OG programmer from the original Mortal Kombat days. The fact that they went that they did that, I cannot believe that. It, it is it is so cool. You know, we're gonna have to have an episode. Maybe maybe an episode we'll put on Patreon or something. But we have to talk about the Ninja Turtles at some point. I mean, yeah. that was like a big part of our upbringing. We have to talk about it at some point. Absolutely, duly noted. Well, let's kick off the rest of the game. We have so much stuff to cover here. So much. Nintendo expects Switch to outsell Wii U's lifetime total by next year. The Switch sales currently sit at 7.63 million. Jordan Serrani reports that Nintendo Project's Switch will sell 14 million units by the end of March 2018, which would surpass Wii U's lifetime sales total of 13.56 million units. I think that this was worth talking about just because of the fact that the Wii U, I don't think, was like highly regarded when it came out. I, I know when the Nintendo Wii came out, there were a lot of folks who bought it because of the, the novel approach to their controllers and that sort of thing. But the Wii U, it really... I, I, I suppose if you're if you're just talking about numbers, it did okay. However, if you compare it to the Nintendo Switch, I think the Nintendo Switch has been f- like by and large a huge success for Nintendo, and it's really caused them to roar back in terms of uh, being a, a name brand to be reckoned with. Not that like in the in the back in the day they weren't, but just in terms of a console system, it's always been kind of that. They've been able to successfully like push themselves into like quote unquote that other system that people own. Like if you own a PlayStation or you own an Xbox, chances are those those people from both camps will have a Nintendo Switch because it's just it fits that niche so well. Right. But the uh, the company's updated forecast released as part of its most recent financial report 
It shows that Nintendo ex expects to nearly double Switch's current sales total of 7.63 million units in the next six months. Um, there is a special note that says that this latest Switch figure does not account for October sales. But with these new projections and considering Wii U production ended globally earlier this year, it's likely that the Switch will outsell its predecessor during its first year on the market. Um, another little side note that's worth mentioning is that Nintendo also revealed The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which I bought. I still have yet to play it. Nice. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> just having fun with Mario Kart. Um, it has sold 4.7 million units on Switch, bringing the console's software sales total to over 27 million. So way to go, Nintendo. <laughs> have you heard of Play? Um, excuse me, Player Unknown's Battleground? Yes. Okay, so... They, you know, they came out with a game that has been widely successful, um, and the developer reveals a new game that they're working on. Um, the developer is called Blue Hole, and their next game is an open-world MMORPG called Ascent Infinity Realm. This game blends steampunk and high fantasy and features realm versus realm PvP combat with both ground-based and aerial combat. In the game's PvP mode, players have various flying vehicles at their disposal, along with weapons such as cannons, mines, and attack buffs. Players will be able to customize their airships, choose between five different classes, and create their own quests. A closed beta will be arriving sometime in the first half of 2018. Neither one of us, I don't think, has, has played their, their first outing, <clears throat> um, but everybody I've talked to just absolutely loves it, and, and of course, gives me that look like, why haven't you tried it yet? Yeah. And I'm like, well, look at my stack of games, man. I'm <laughs> behind. You haven't tried it? Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to give it a shot at some point soon. EA buys Respawn Entertainment for $455 million and a new Titanfall title has been confirmed. Respawn Entertainment, the studio behind the Titanfall franchise, is indeed being bought by EA. Both companies are already working together on several projects, including a VR game, a Star Wars game, and a new title in the Titanfall franchise. Respawn CEO Vince Impella said the move, quote, brings the resources and support his company needs for its long-term success, end quote. In a statement on Respawn's site, Zampella said there will be no layoffs or major organization changes at Respawn, and games currently in development are continued as planned. So that's really nice to hear because oftentimes when you're part of the team and you have some sort of major reorg like that, like an acquisition, people get really nervous because it's like, well, does that mean we're going to lose our jobs or does that mean the culture will change? I have a feeling, though, that due to the fact that he has such huge clout, considering the fact that he was the one who, who founded and started up Call of Duty before having a major falling out with Activision mm -hmm. and, and you know jumping over to uh, EA. I have a feeling that, that they probably have a lot of stipulations in that contract. What I also think is, is worth noting is, if you recall, EA shut down Visceral Games, which was under their umbrella. I, for one, can't help but wonder if that, like, a part of that major decision was, was in fact, because they had to reallocate assets to be able to make this acquisition happen with Respawn Entertainment. I could be completely wrong, but $455 million is no chump change. Yeah, they have it laying around somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, I found this extra $440 million. Want to go buy something? <laughs> yeah, let's buy a company. Yeah. What was weird was that I always thought that Respawn was already considered part of the EA family, but I guess they had something in there that allowed them to still be independent, but just perhaps like release their titles exclusively under the EA label. 
I'm not too sure. But now, you know, <laughs> there's no doubt they're, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be part of the EA family. PAX East tickets now on sale. If you want to go to PAX East, now's your chance. Tickets have just gone on sale and predictably the site is down due to the massive influx of people trying to get their tickets. I've never gone to PAX. Are you familiar with pennyarcade.com? Yes, I am. Sorry, I don't know if you know this or not, but that's how PAX got started. It was essentially a a convention that Penny Arcade started, which was um, just called PAX. However, it's gotten so popular that now they have a PAX West and a PAX East. Which, of course, as you can imagine, one's on the West Coast, one's on the East Coast. PAX East is held each year in Boston at the Boston Civic Center and has proven so popular, an extra day has been added. That puts it in line with PAX West, formerly just known as PAX Prime, which is the original event held each year in Seattle. So, if you guys are big fans of that, I hear it's a grand time. You're going to have to really fight for those tickets, though. And I think that you and I, at some point, it'd be nice to be able to go check it out. It would be. I, I hear that it's it's a lot of fun. The video game voice actor strike is officially over. No, I, yes, I, I didn't even know that they had a <laughs> strike going on. Yeah, I was about to. I thought you were going to say video game voice actor strike has begun. That's why I was like, yeah, what the? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> say it isn't so. No, after a new ballot, uh, the SAG slash or excuse me, SAG dash AFTRA has voted overwhelmingly to end the new. Excuse me, to end the year-long video game voice actor strike. Beginning in October 2016, members of the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, refused to work with the likes of Disney, Activision, and Take-Two, citing the lack of a fair payment deal for voiceover artists working for video game companies. In September, a tentative agreement was made with all 11 affected publishers to bring the strike to an end after publishers agreed to bonus payments more transparent contracts and means to combat vocal stress. As I'm reading this, I do have an inkling of something I heard about a while back, which dealt with the fact that um, a lot of the voice actors were not getting a cut of like the bonuses. So like, you know, when, if, a, if a AAA title gets released, does really well, typically what happens is that everyone on the team who um, are staff they'll get these kickbacks. They'll yeah, get these, ro- these royalty checks based yeah. on the percentage of, of just how well the game, the game does. And I, if I remember correctly, I think that in the past, voice actors um, have not received kickbacks for that. And considering, like, if you think of Overwatch, for example, there is a lot, a tremendous amount of voice talent involved with that. And that really goes a long way to just giving the game its soul. Of course. So I think this is a definitely a good thing just because... Those, those titles make a lot of money. And I think that to be overlooked like that was the wrong thing to do. And seeing as how they're they're remedying it now, I think that's definitely great. Being overlooked, definitely different than being overwatched. Um, <laughs> Russ, <laughs> but, um, uh, so, but Blizzard didn't make that list. <laughs> so they, I, I'm sure it's... Uh, that is true. That's, very, very, uh, that's a very good point. Refreshing to work with Blizzard. And if you look at all the behind-the-scenes stuff with the voice actors they have, I mean, everybody has nothing but good thing to say about Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, and I know that it's kind of common. You know, that's goes without saying that you, you don't want to badmouth the person who's paying you, but they all seem like when they're interacting with each other and the programmers, they're all having a great time and they all have this this kinship together. You know, what's interesting is that they, they did, you know, for the top three, they said Disney, Activision, and Take-Two... And they also said that there are 11 affected publishers. 
So I don't know if Blizzard is in that. I think to be fair, we don't. We actually don't know if they're in that or right. not. I think I do think that Blizzard probably has a really great reputation for being able to take care of folks who work with them. Right. So there is a quote here um, from the chair of the of the SAG um, after a alliance, whatever you want to call it. It's an interactive negotiating committee. She said that the bonus payments we asked for are now part of the video game industry and are a base from which to build upon. I'm excited for all that we have achieved, end quote. So good. Good for them. Moving right along into GTA. I know we haven't talked about Grand Theft Auto in quite some time. Or at all. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to wrap your mind. Wrap it. Wrap it. Wrap it around this this headline. GTA 5. Actually, you know what? What? I want you to guess. How many copies do you think GTA 5 has sold? 50 million. More. Oh, 77 million. More. 150. No, now you're going to Okay, I had to I had to go on the top end somewhere. GTA 5 has sold 85 million oh, copies. I was just about to say 83. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, according to the publisher, Take Two, citing the NPD group during its latest earnings report, Grand Theft Auto 5 is now the United States' best-selling video game ever in terms of, of uh, units sold and revenue. NPD says this is based on physical and digital sales across all platforms. Sold in means, and this, this is, this, actually I should have clarified that, GTA 5 has sold in 85 million copies. And what that means is um, that the copies sold to stores and not sold through, which are copies bought by customers. Take-Two last reported Grand Theft Auto 5 sold in 75 million copies, meaning it has shipped an additional 10 million units since February of this year. Despite initially being released over four years ago, Rockstar's hit open-world game continues to appear on NPD's monthly list of best-selling games in the U.S., most recently charting 7th in September. According to Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick, GTA V has been on 42 out of 50 NPD monthly top 10 charts, the most appearances of any single-player game on the NPD's ranking. I don't doubt it. I did a little bit of, of calculations. Let me look at my calculations. <laughs> I don't have the, the uh, calculations uh, in front of me. However, they have made billions of dollars. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's, it is crazy how much money that one game has generated. I, I just can't. And, and people are, are just fiercely loyal to that game, especially the online component. Oh, for sure. I, I was looking uh, a few months ago. I'm thinking, you know, what, what's Rockstar doing, and and, and what, what's going on with GTA 6? I want, you know, I want my my GTA, and uh, I was curious about uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption as well. Did you and, play any of the GTA online? No, I have not. Mainly because where I used to live, uh, the internet was so crappy that I, I, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't even play Halo online because everybody w- we would start to play, and everyone's like, "Whoa, okay, who's lagging? Who's lagging? Oh, it's that Stevovich guy." I'm like, "Ah, like turning totally red in my room." Like, "Ah, oh, it's me. I'm just gonna stop." Anyway, I mean, it was it was wasn't even worth the time. So no, I I mean, I probably should, but you know what? I gave you my copy to yes, play over here. Yes, you did. And then we ought to check it out. Yeah, I've been um, having people uh, ask about that because they I told them that that you let me borrow yeah. it, and they just give me this look like, "Okay, well now you have no excuse." I'm yeah. Like, but when I was looking into it, uh, I forgot wh- where I read this or I saw it. My, my memory for stuff is not not so good. Uh, 
<laughs> but they were saying that they that the uh, uh, Rockstar has been making so much money with all this DLC that uh, and all the credit cards that you can buy in the game that uh-huh. kind of the microtransactions. Yep. That it's. Uh, they're they're perfectly fine releasing more content and spending extra time making GTA 6. So yeah, GTA 6 is definitely going to come out at some point. Take as much time as you need. Take as much time to make it great as you need because yeah, you could just jump right into back a GTA game period, let alone GTA 5 and pick up where you left off or just cause a bunch of mayhem and it's always fun. Like you're always going to get a laugh, yep. you're always going to have a great time. So, plus there's the online component with having a great time with a bunch of your buddies. Oh yeah. Last but not least, GameStop to launch unlimited used game rental service. According to an advertisement posted on Reset Era, the subscription service called Power Pass lets you rent a used game, return it, and then rent another title as often as you'd like over a six-month period. At the end of the six-month period, you'll get to keep any one of those games that you rented. Wow. The, the six-month service costs 60 bucks, which translates to $10 a month. Signups will begin on November 19th, and the pass must be activated by January 31st of next year. The service is limited to GameStop's Power Up Rewards members, but a free version of the membership will work. You'll only be able to rent games from GameStop stores and not via the company's online library. You'll also be able to purchase the service for someone else so long as they too are a power up rewards member what are your thoughts on that uh well i think it's a very competitive edge over gamefly yeah um but also it's 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 kind of smart because you always want to drive traffic into the store you want you want people to come into your store and check out what you have and buy stuff you don't want to limit it to being online only yeah uh so that's that kind of hits it on both fronts it's insane i mean i i i think it's a shrewd move by uh, GameStop to do that just because I think that they're starting to lose quite a bit of business to yeah. the digital downloads. And so having a rental thing, because I, I think that that is an edge that they have. Like if I look on the Xbox Live or PlayStation Network, to my knowledge, I don't think they have any kind of rental platform or rental feature yet. Yeah. I do think that that's coming just because sometimes they'll have demos that you can play for a certain amount of time. But I do think that that will bring more of the customers back into the store. I mean, I think that it's... it's that is one of kind of the, the last bastions of hope for them is yeah. just the fact that back in like the good old days of like blockbuster video, we would go in and we would rent like two or three games for the weekend. And you really don't have that anymore. And that was kind of a void. And yeah. it's nice to see that they have identified that. And I don't know. It's nice to be able to go in and rent a game, beat it, return it, play it again. I don't know. It's actually something that when you think of like how they would be able to, to replicate that on like say Xbox Live, how would you do that? Would you would it just be on a game by game basis? I guess it, it would be. be. It would have to be. You know, the other way to look at this is uh, remember when we were standing in line to get the Nintendo uh, Classic uh-huh. and we were talking to folks in line and the uh, the manager for Game GameStop came out and he's like, right, I want to get a picture of you guys." Yeah. And everyone everyone knew him on a first name basis, and it's that that kind of a relationship that I, they probably want to instill in, in a lot of their fan base and their customers is you want to go in, you want to be able to see somebody you already know that you're friends with, and of course you're going to be more comfortable by making purchases. Yeah. I do have to tell you one thing though, with GameStop in mind, I had to go in and cancel 
my Xbox Scorpio thing. And I went in and everyone's like, hey, welcome to GameStop. You know, I'm like, hi. And like, what can we do for you? I go, uh, I'm here to, to uh, they go pick up your Xbox One X. And I went, um, <laughs> and everyone's like, had like really happy faces. And I was like, no, actually I'm, I, I got to cancel it. <laughs> and everyone like, I don't know, saw a scene out of a movie. Everyone like, looked at me from standing in line. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. They go, oh, go, go, go over there. I'm like, okay. And I'm standing in line. And then someone has said, um, let me deal with him first before all the rest of you get your Xboxes. And I'm like, okay. Like, sorry, everybody. I'm cutting in line for three people. Uh-huh. And everyone's like uh, looking at me, not even blinking. I mean, I, I didn't want to be like a downer. Everyone's excitement on their day. And the, and the cashier looks at me and says, why are you canceling it? And so I told him why. I'm like, look, you know, I just, I'm not in the position to do it right now. And, you know, it's just going to be, you know, getting a little bit less expensive later on and more titles will be available and, and enhanced. And he goes, okay. And everyone, I mean, Everyone looked at me with the deer in the headlights, like, wow. You can hear a pin drop in there. Yeah, and I walked out thinking, man, I didn't know if I was going to get a quick kick in the booty out out the (laughs) door. You know, get out of here. You're not part of the fun. Well, let us. I just realized that we've had the movie news playing in the background, or movie news music playing in the background. So let's kick things off here. Han Solo movie. I realize this this headline is a little old, but we haven't talked about it, so I thought it was worth still just uh, bringing up here at the beginning. Han Solo movie official title revealed. Announced on StarWars.com, director Ron Howard sent in a video message on Twitter that production on the film has wrapped, and he hopes fans have enjoyed the pictures he's been sharing over the past few months on Instagram. Howard then asked if he could reveal the title of the film, and a Wookiee promptly handed him a card bearing the title, Solo a Star Wars story. Hmm. There have been sneak peeks at Donald Glover as Lando and Junas Suotomao. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Let me try. Let me try that again. Junas Suotomao. I'm really sorry. I'm butchering that that name. But he plays Chewbacca along with a number of other teaser photos, including one that appears to be a Kessel spice mine. Solo, a Star Wars story, opens in theaters on May 25th, 2018. So that'll be another Star Wars movie looking forward to next year. (laughs) Netflix aims to release 80 original movies in 2018. Good, great. Netflix plans to release 80 original films over the course of the entire year. Variety reports that Netflix chief content officer Ted Sorrento said in investors interview that the company intends to release a range of different films quote anywhere from the million dollar Sundance hit all the way up to something on a much larger scale end quote. He also addressed the competitive content market and and Disney's departure from the service. Quote, we just have to focus on creating content that our members can't live without, he said. Whether or not one of our partners decides to produce for us or compete with us, that's really a choice that they have to make based on their own business, end quote. So it was a nice political way of just talking about how Disney, you know, kind of went in as being partners for them and and all of a sudden uh, reneged on that. And went, no, actually, we're going to do our own thing. <laughs> and we're taking all of our lovely IPs with us. Yeah. This next uh, headline here actually deals with Steven Spielberg's new film, and it is not Ready Player One. In fact, you have to give me just a moment here to actually get set up for it so I can show you. That. I haven't seen this trailer. And so I, have think you? I, I think I may have seen it. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. So, can I ask you a hypothetical question? Oh, dear. I don't like hypothetical questions. Well, I don't think you're going to like the real one, either. Do you have the papers? 
Not yet. This is a devastating security breach that was leaked out of the Pentagon. The most highly classified documents of the war. The Times has 7,000 pages detailing how the White House has been lying about the Vietnam War for 30 years. The way they lied, those days have to be over. Okay, people are concerned about having a woman in charge of the paper. That she doesn't have the resolve to make the tough choices. Thank you, Arthur, for your frankness. <laughs> Let's do our jobs. Find those pages. You're talking about exposing years of government secrets. Is that legal? What is it you think we do here for a living, kid? Ben, I might have something. It must be precious cargo. It's just government secrets. The New York Times was barred from publishing any more classified documents dealing with the Vietnam War. If you publish, we'll be at the Supreme Court next week. Meaning? we could all go to prison. To make this decision, to risk her fortune and the company that's been her entire life, well, I think that's brave. If the government wins, the Washington Post will cease to exist. If we don't hold them accountable, who will? We can't hold them accountable if we don't have a newspaper. Nixon will muster the full power of the presidency, and if there's a way to destroy you, by God, he'll find it. I'm asking your advice, Bob, not your permission. She can't do this. The legacy of the company is at stake. What will happen if we don't publish? We will lose. The country will lose. What are you going to do, Mrs. Graham? What do you think? Sounds interesting. Sounds somewhat relevant to today, but, uh, you know, not as digital. <laughs> yeah. Ho, ho. Well, you can't really go wrong with Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks teaming up together. They seem to be right? producing lots of guild. Guild or gold? Uh, <laughs> together they are a guild. Yeah, Pro probably gold. You know, it looks interesting though. I'm surprised that they just now are advertising for it, considering the fact it said this Christmas it's coming out. So I don't know if it's, if it's meant to be slid in just in time for the Oscars, or if it's something else. But I'll probably end up watching it. I think we might end up going to go check it out. Nice little political thriller. There you go. And it's got Steven Spielberg's name on it there, Ron. We definitely love ourselves. Spielberg mm -hmm. around these parts. We do. Tom Hardy's Venom will be brought to life via performance capture, claims Andy Serkis. You remember who Andy Serkis I is, do. don't you? I yeah, do. Yeah. Chris X. Morgan reports Tom Hardy's performance as Venom in the upcoming Spider-Man spinoff will reportedly be done through performance capture, according to an actor well-versed in the field. Andy Serkis, speaking with Yahoo UK about his performance capture work, said Hardy is using the technology for a role. Quote, acting is acting. And the more actors like Steve Zahn and Karen Conoval, who play Maurice and War for the Planet of the Apes, the more A-list actors that come on board, like Mark Rylance playing the BFG or a lot of actors in the new Marvel films, 
Tom Hardy is playing a new character using performance capture, Circus told Yahoo. And I, for one, am very excited because, well, I think we both are big Tom Hardy fans. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't love themselves some Tom Hardy? Is, is that Venom movie going to be rated R? I thought it I, I think it is. Yeah. There's a very good chance. I mean, yeah. at the very least, it'll be PG-13. If they, if they do it right, it'll be rated R because Venom is not some sort of child. Well, I thing. thought it was going to be Venom and Carnage, too. Yeah. I mean, Carnage. You can't have a, a villain named Carnage and then be like, oh, yeah, PG rating. No problem. <laughs> Venom. Rated G. Yeah. <laughs> Ant-Man and the Wasps, Lawrence Fishburne and Marvel working on a secret project. Oh. Hope Corrigan reports Oscar-nominated Ant-Man and the Wasp actor Lawrence Fishburne excuse me, has revealed he's working with Marvel on a different secret project. Fishburne told Collider about the secret project, which he pitched to Marvel before being cast as Bill Foster in the Ant-Man sequel. Quote, I've got blackish going on. I'm <laughs> developing something else for Marvel that I can't talk about. It's going to be really cool. It's going to change the world. We hope. And there apparently was was laughter. <laughs> who uh, who said it? Who I mean, who who reported it? Uh, who reported the, the the source? Who was the source? Hope Corgan. Oh, I thought you said Hulk Colgan. I was like, <laughs> oh, here we go. Here's going to be a source for you. <laughs> Get excited! <laughs> tears his shirt off, or his like tank top off as he tells. Uh. <laughs> anyway, going back to the quote, it's gonna change the world. We hope. And they had laughter. I went to Marvel and pitched them something that they really couldn't work out. There was a lot of legal and red tape that just was something they couldn't work out. But then they came back and the offer for Ant Man and the Wasp, and then they said, "Hey, what do you think of this?" And I went, "Oh yeah, that. Yes." So dot dot dot. End quote. We will have to see, but we are also big fans of Lawrence Fishburne around here. We are. Disney sets steep conditions for theaters to show Star Wars The Last Jedi. The Wall Street Journal reports via Gizmodo that Disney has upped its take in the usual revenue share of ticket sales from the Hollywood (laughs) standard 55 to 65%. Hashtag mine. Along with this increase, which is reported to be a new benchmark, Disney is also demanding, I demand, theaters reserve the largest auditorium exclusively for The Last Jedi for at least four weeks. Good. Great. Violating these terms or canceling even a single screening without permission from Disney may see a theater charged an additional 5% of ticket revenue as the penalty. That is a that's bogus right there. The high consumer demand oh, for The Last Jedi box office sales being down and Disney's significant market share leaves theaters with little power to rebel against these terms. That's kind of bogus. I mean, good grief. Uh, Disney, let's just say you have a, a big populated city like San Francisco where everyone wants to see Star Wars and the Metreon and yeah. Disney wants the Metreon to show Star Wars. And then they go, you know what? We own our own business, and you can't give us terms of how to do this and how to do that. And if you don't like it, then everyone in San Francisco is going to have to like see the movie elsewhere and not here where they want to see it. They're going to be mad at you than us. I'm shocked, honestly, that Disney has that kind of pull with theaters. I thought that whatever kind of arrangement that they have with the movie studios, I, I don't know, for some reason, I guess there was some sort of universal agreement as to 
what the the take is, like what the take home is, for, you know, for the studios versus the actual theater companies. But sixty five percent. I mean, I, it's 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 pretty crazy. I mean, if, if I'm a, a movie theater owner, I'm not going to be too thrilled about that. But what, what what do you do? I mean, you're you're kind of in this this pickle of a situation because in this day and age, Disney really does hold a lot of the keys. They have like just about every major IP that everybody just loves to go see. So well, what do you do? I think it's a recipe for disaster because people they got to make up people people in the theaters. They have to make up the profit somehow because they're not making much money on the movies themselves, and. So it might be that ticket sales or the prices of ticket sales go up and we get stuck with the bill. We just want to go see a movie. We think it's going to be 12 bucks or 10 bucks or whatever. And they might start charging IMAX prices for a regular movie experience yep. just to make it up on their end. Yep. So it's that's, not good. That's actually a really good observation. I mean, I, that, that could very well happen. And in that case, that's when the, the, the end user or the consumer suffers the most because at mm -hmm. the end of the day, you have both movie studios and the theater owners who are getting whatever it is that they want to get in terms of the money and who has to cough it up is the consumer. And, right. and the only kind of retaliatory response a consumer has is to not go. Right. And other Star Wars TV series announced for Disney streaming service. Disney has announced plans to debut a new live action Star Wars television series on its forthcoming streaming service. Bob Iger, the chairman and CEO of Disney shared the news during the company's quarterly earnings call variety reports. In addition to the live action Star Wars series, the company is also at work on TV shows based on Monsters Inc. and High School Musical, as well as a new original series from Marvel. Back in August, Disney announced plans to launch its own branded streaming service. The service is set to debut in the United States sometime in 2019 and will expand worldwide at some point thereafter. There is quite a bit of Star Wars stuff going on. You can tell that they are tapping into that IP big time. All Star Wars, all the time, baby. It's nonstop. <laughs> My hope is, is just as they continue to release more of these, that just it, it, they're able to stay within that that high bar of expectation because I mean, it's just I would hate for the the licensed Star Wars to fizzle out and them go too far you know or not far enough well if you think about it the Disney princess stuff is kind of going out yeah. and the Star Wars Marvel stuff is going in you might be have people going to Disneyland going you know where's Iron Man well no no honey look Cinderella no I want Iron Man yeah <laughs> <laughs> or Black Widow. Yeah, exactly. Dad's like, yeah, I want to see Black Widow too. Yeah. So let's see here. The next, what? <laughs> you're, visual, ahead, you're visualizing it, aren't you? Yeah, I am. The Last Jedi. This is, this is, we have a lot of good Star Wars news wow. here. This is hey. a big one. This is a doozy. The Last Jedi is Ryan Johnson to create new Star Wars trilogy. Jonathan Dornbush reports that Ryan Johnson, the director of Star Wars The Last Jedi, which is the movie that's coming out uh, next month, will be creating a brand new trilogy of Star Wars films and is set to write and direct the first of the three films. StarWars.com announced that Johnson will write and direct the first of the free fi three films along with his longtime collaborator, Ram Bergman, as producer. The trilogy will be separate from the Skywalker saga. Saga? Saga. The Sega, yeah. The Sega. Right. <laughs> Sega! <laughs> Oh, let's try that again. 
The trilogy will be separate from the Skywalker saga and introduce new characters from a corner of the galaxy that Star Wars lore has never before explored. Though reports have said Lucasfilm is looking into making more films beyond Episode 9 featuring the characters introduced in The Force Awakens, the official announcement of Johnson's films indicate these films will be entirely different projects. Ryan Johnson has responded to today's announcement from Disney that he will create a brand new trilogy of Star Wars films via Twitter. Quote, obviously, I hope you like The Last Jedi, <laughs> but man, now I really hope you like The Last Jedi, end quote. I'm for one. I'm looking forward to that. I think I have a feeling that's going to be a really good movie, just based off of what I've seen so far. I wasn't afraid then. I am now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so the last little part here involves you sauntering over to my side of the table ah. because they have Black Panther character posters that have been revealed, and they look really good. What was that? I don't know if your microphone can reach or not. Let's see if, if you can uh, do it without knocking. Ah, okay, you're here. Yeah. All right. What the? So that's Andy Circus. He, ah, he's yeah, one of the characters there. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Forrest Whitaker. Nice. I really like the color and stuff. He's, he's looking down. He's got his hands kind of crossed. I like Forrest Whitaker. Oh. Oh, that's. Uh, that's Angela Bassett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a huge fan of. I think she's a great actress. Uh, I just love the 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 side profile, the contours yeah. and stuff. Just yeah. and the wardrobe just looks amazing. Expression on her face is good too. Yeah. And this is someone who I'm not too familiar with, but it's Latita Wright. Or actually, you know, it's probably Leticia. Um, but again, I really like the face paint on there. Hey, she's borrowing the um, the uh, line down her lips from the Grandmaster. Oh, Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello? Hello? Oh, hi, hi. Uh, apparently you are um, uh, uh, using my lip liner. <laughs> you can use the white one. You can't use the blue one. So this is another one here. Um, this is Donnie uh, Guerrera. Once again, I, I think the, the kind of head tattoo thing she's got on there, that looks really neat. Plus the collar she's got there is very, uh, I don't know what's the... Well, you just have a lot of texture yeah. work going on with a lot of the, the different metals mixed with the actual fabrics. It just, I mean, the, whoever the photographer was for these promotional posters, I think did an excellent job. Here's Lupita. Uh, once again, you have the kind of the symmetrical approach. She has like these like kind of like, what do you call it? Like scythes or Sith? Scythe? Seeds? What do you call those? I don't know, it's not, she's not got these seed. two curved swords, and, the, and it has kind of a Pirates of the Caribbean vibe to it, which is cool. And then Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. I think he's uh, the the villain in this film. So pretty cool, don't you think? Ah, I like it. Wonder uh, if they'll have uh, all those posters set up in series at the, the AMC theater, so when we go uh, to see the the movie. We can. Uh, <laughs> we have to decide what poster to take a picture of our uh, for our ticket stubs. Oh, I know. I know. Well, I've got that tingling sensation, Steve. Do I you believe? Do you? I think it's time for the topic of the day. Music just 
I know we, we say over and over again, we're just like, I feel like I can conquer the world. You know, I've been, uh, I ate some trail mix before I, I uh, showed up here and mm. I mean, I got something stuck on the back and part of my tooth. And so I'm going to hear that music playing in my mind if I finally dislodge whatever's back there. I was going to say, actually, I could totally, see, I think that music would be appropriate. Like for anybody who has something that's stuck in their teeth and they can't get it out and it just, you're doing everything, you're using toothpicks, using your tongue, you're, you're using your fingernail, whatever it is. And then finally when it goes, you know, there's just that, that, that moment where you just have that euphoria. Like, you're oh, like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm going to call you in the phone. Russ, remember what I was talking about? <laughs> I, I got it out. You have like a tear of joy going down your cheek. <laughs> yeah, the, everyone should have this particular song play at that moment. Our topic of the day is the rumored Disney slash Fox deal. Do you know much about this, Steve? No, I thought, yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so Disney, again, Disney is actually quite a bit in our news for this episode, but they reportedly held talks to buy 21st Century Fox assets. Jonathan Dornbush from IGN had reported that executives at 21st Century Fox, the parent company behind Fox's uh, film, TV, and broadcast divisions, have reportedly discussed selling most of the company to Disney. Good grief. CNBC reports these talks, which have occurred over the last few weeks, noting that there is um, no certainty of such a deal occurring. According to CNBC, Disney and Fox are not currently discussing such a merger. Both companies declined to comment on CNBC's report. However, the Wall Street Journal confirmed that Disney did, in fact, hold discussions to buy Fox. However, these specific talks are no longer active, at least mm. to their knowledge. Can you imagine? Let's just say the whole thing happened and then Disney pulls all it, you know, all that's it's streaming stuff off Netflix. And then if, if this whole thing goes through and they own Fox too, then they pull all of Fox's stuff off Netflix and say, okay, now you, you know, Netflix lovers, you're going to have to get our streaming service too, because now we have all Disney yep. movies and Pixar movies and Fox doing 20th century Fox movies. I have a list here. Oh, uh, what Fox would sell to Disney Fox's film studio 20th Century Fox and presumably all of its properties and subsidiaries like Fox Searchlight would be owned by Disney. That would assumedly mean Fox owned Marvel properties like X-Men and Fantastic Four would return to Disney and Marvel. Additionally, Disney would, re would acquire the rights to James Cameron's Avatar franchise for which there is already a, a precedent and an Avatar land already existing at Disney World. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Now, in the past, we have talked about like just just some of the the issues that Disney has had with their Marvel license, just because early on, before all these Marvel films were such a hit, you had multiple studios just doing one offs, right? Like Fox grabbed X Men, like what they were talking about, um, and of course, you know, you have Venom. That sort of thing. And then Marvel Studios was able to, to grab onto some of their, their own. And I, if you recall, we were talking about how on earth are they going to move forward with this? Are they going to have like two parallel universes going on where maybe they'll do crossovers? And I know that that was a big thing for Spider-Man was that um, having Spider-Man appear in Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, or no, I'm sorry, not Winter Soldier, uh, Civil War. Right. That was a huge deal because... Marvel Studios doesn't own that. Sony does. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting because like 
and I think to my knowledge, I think that um, the, the three big studios that own the Marvel um, characters, you have some that, that are allocated to 20th Century Fox or 21st Century Fox. You have some that are allocated to Sony. And I should clarify, I believe Sony owns the rights to Venom, not 21st Century Fox. 21st Century Fox has Fantastic Four, X-Men, maybe a couple others. Um, I'm not sure which one um, Deadpool belongs to. But I, I know it's not Marvel Studios. It's either Sony or it's Fox. But anyway, it's interesting how, like, when, as they were going through the Spider-Man thing, they were able to work out a deal with Sony. However, when it comes to 21st Century Fox, I think this is really a, a very shrewd move. I mean, I, I've got to hand it to Bob Iger over at Disney. The, the man knows business. Just all these different types of decisions that he's making regardless of whether or not I have some kind of question or concern about, you know, any given um, business decision, the point is, is that he really does know how to wheel and deal these things. Disney would reportedly um, would own Fox's TV studio, oh. 20th Century Fox TV, and its productions like Family Guy, 24, and more. Additional Fox networks like FX and National Geographic would reportedly become also owned by Disney. Man. Now, what's what's worth mentioning is um, uh, what would actually remain at Fox because they're they're not they wouldn't actually be taking over all of Fox. Fox would retain uh, the Fox Broadcasting Network as FCC rules prohibit a merger between any of the major broadcast networks, which include Fox, CBS, NBC, and ABC. Fox would also hold on to its sports programming, according to CNBC's report. Um, merging with ESPN would be seen as anti-competitive. And so that's, once again, that would be uh, against the rules slash law, so they wouldn't be able to do that. Well, let me pause you because um, I've been doing some reading with uh, Disney and ESPN and ESPN's not doing that good at all. They've been suffering this year. I've been suffering a lot and last year also. And I know a lot of, uh, you know, stock folks have been asking Disney, like, what are you going to plan on doing with ESPN? And they're holding it, but ESPN's almost starting to be dead weight with Disney. They might abandon ESPN altogether and then try and, and go for uh, Fox sports. And that is, that is certainly a possibility. I have no idea. I, it's weird though, because ESPN typically, has had a ton of success. I mean, it, it definitely is a, a channel to be reckoned with in terms of just the, the sports arena. And of course, you know, with, with, with Fox's sports program as well, you know, they, they're, they're competitors back and forth. And I have a feeling with ESPN, I think that Disney just needs to retweak it a little bit and I think it'll be back to normal. But also too, I think there are certain events that are going on outside of ESPN that indirectly affect it. So, but I don't think it's limited to, to affecting just ESPN. I think a lot of what we see going on in football and, and baseball, that sort of thing. I think, I think it's affecting all of the, the various sports programs. Yeah. ESPN. I think just Fox sports has a, a better reputation or a better name than, than ESPN for other stuff than, than what's, what's uh, mainstreaming at this point. Mm-hmm. So what we shall see. Disney would reportedly not buy Fox News or its business channels either. So yeah, Fox yeah, Business wouldn't be that, there. Yeah. Um, 
Disney would also reportedly not purchase any of Fox's local broadcasting affiliates. So it sounds like, I mean, their main interest is just nab more of the, the entertainment side of things, like just the stuff that pertains to licenses or IPs that they can turn into films um, with the, with some of the, the little side a la carte stuff, like, like national geographic is like, I mean, everybody loves national geographic. Sure. So it's more of an educational channel, but it's something that I think fits right in with the Disney model. Did you say they're going to get Fox's uh, the uh, TV studio? They, let me, let me look back through here. I think so. Cause if that's the case, then they'll own Disney would reportedly own Fox's TV studio, okay. 20th century Fox TV and it's productions like family guy, 24, et cetera. So that would mean they would own ABC and Fox. Yeah. That's a good, that's like big empire moves right there. It is. I mean, because that basically means out of the the big boys, you have NBC and CBS <laughs> left. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in terms of like just focusing on the Marvel component for a moment, I think that that makes a lot of sense because I could see how Disney w- could potentially be frustrated with trying to cultivate this world with their Marvel Studios um, department. And then constantly having the, these other studios tell their vision right. of, of what the Marvel universe is like. And it's just, uh, I can see how that, that could just potentially become a headache. And so looking at it from this standpoint, I think it's important to just impress the notion that this is not a foregone conclusion that this is just, I think that there has been some talks going on. And I think that due to the fact that it is such a big deal, if it were to happen, I think there were some leaks that occurred um, some rubbing elbows and uh, some shared brewskis. Yeah, well, as C- as CNBC <laughs> notes, this deal is in no ways taking place just yet, and the outlet could not learn about the exact structure nor price such a deal uh, would include. Such a deal would see a significant merger among film and television production. The Marvel thing definitely makes sense because if you think about Fantastic Four, I mean, no one really cared for those movies, and they're nothing going on with them right now and there's I mean, no one talks about them and x-men's on the decline too i mean it's really cool that x-men is is a, a full feature movie franchise but if you compare x-men to uh the avengers it it, it pales in comparison and i don't know if it just needs new direction or new division or whatever but i think if uh disney bought the rights to uh, those franchises and brought them into the Marvel world and put their spin on it, they might bring new life into them, which I, I, I wasn't a fan of Fantastic Four too much, but I definitely loved X-Men. Yeah. And X-Men has just kind of grown kind of stale over the last few movies. I never saw any of the Fantastic Four films. Personally, they just really didn't interest me. But to be fair, I never read the comic book either. It's just not my bag. Right. I mean, it's not, yeah, not to say either, that yeah. it was bad, but just, eh, I mean, it's just not for me personally. I thought I remember reading something. Who who's the who what's the guy's name uh who plays uh Captain America? Oh my gosh, now I'm drawing a blank. Uh Steve Rogers. Yeah, Steve Steve <laughs> Rogers. Yeah, that's the guy. Um the, the other uh big buff blonde guy that all the chicks like. Uh so anyway. Chris Hemsworth? No, 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 the other one. Uh I th- I thought I remember reading on MDib that he did not like his role as a uh, Sunfire. Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Evans, Chris. Uh, that he didn't care for his character as the fire dude. 
on Fantastic Four. And he was the Human of, Torch? Human Torch. See, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help you out. Man, yeah, the guy who caught himself on fire. I'm thinking sun. I'm thinking hot <laughs> fire. Yeah. What other- uh, The what opposite other, of yeah, cold. <laughs> images can I come up with? Uh, torch, yeah. yeah. And he's human. There you go. I think he, I, I, yeah, if I remember correctly, he, I think he couldn't stand that role and he was glad to kind of see it go away and there would be no more Fantastic Four. And so it would be funny if Disney, if this whole thing happening. Okay, Chris, the chicks dig you. All right. Now with this deal, your contract's going to go up, but you got to go back and play the human torch. He's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> so close! <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, 20th Century Fox does own Deadpool. And if you recall, Ted, uh, T- Deadpool. <laughs> what the heck, man? If you called Ted Bundy that, uh, <laughs> Tadpole. Wait, what? Um, Deadpool did extremely well at the box office. It sure did, Russ. We're looking forward to the sequel of Deadpool. Oh, I do indeed. I enjoy looking forward to seeing more Deadpool with Unicorn. You know, I uh, I might have to get some. Uh, I might I might have to take advantage of Black Friday and see what prizes are on. Deadpool 4K, otherwise known as Deadpool Fork. That movie is seriously <laughs> one of my favorite Marvel movies. You see what I did right there? Right? I do. Okay, I do. okay. okay. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well played. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just just using that as another example, I think that if they were to move forward with being able to acquire all those different assets from Fox, you know, that particular franchise would then come into the fold. My one concern, though, is would they neuter Deadpool? Because, I mean, Deadpool is a very brutally violent comic book character from his, you know, inception on. I mean, like, like that's part of just who he is. And, you know, Disney traditionally has been a very family-friendly oriented company. Although they have, I mean, when it comes to the, the, the movie business, I feel like they've ventured a little farther away from that image or that, that identity. So brutally violent and brutally crass. Brutally funny. <laughs> Love me some Ryan Reynolds. Some R squared. <laughs> but yeah, I, and I think to your point too, I think the X-Men franchise is in dire need of a reboot. I think that they were able to explore some things and I, and I think it was great that Brian Singer was able to bring the X-Men into the world of the silver screen. Brian. Ah! <laughs> okay, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> My ears. <laughs> um... But yeah, I think that would offer a, a terrific opportunity for Marvel Studios to then get their hands on it, let them do some concept ideation, figure out a brand new approach to the overall story so that they could do like a reboot. And I think the timing of it is great too, just because Hugh Jackman has reportedly hung up his claws. You know, he's no longer be playing Wolverine. So Sucks. once again, I think looking at, okay, who can we get to play all these characters and what kind of direction do we want to take in terms of um, rebooting the story. What, but what do you think though, overall in terms of the possibility, like if Disney were to move forward and, and close this deal, are you in favor of it or not? Uh, the business part of me goes like, yeah, go ahead. I mean, if it works, it works. The human part of me goes, man, when companies get too big like that, it kind of frightens me. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, I mean, they, they have, they have so much power and their umbrella reaches so far about other stuff that they own. It's not like, oh, they own CBS and they own, or they might own Fox. Let's just say they did. They own a ton more stuff mm-hmm. going on. And and uh, I don't know, man. I'm a fan of some of the Disney stuff that's out there and some of the stuff I'm like, yeah, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, 
all these media platforms that if they all start just dictating, you know, what they want to say and what they don't want to say. And if you make the, the, the emperor unhappy, you know, what's going to be the ramifications down on you. And then, you know, we were talking earlier about in the, in the news, how they were starting to call the shots for all the theaters Mm-hmm. And the more power they get, the more shots they can call like that. And, yeah. that, and that's that that kind of makes it unfair and kind of worrisome in a way where if, if, if I go out and I open a theater and I think, OK, you know what? I want the theater experience to be like this because I think the all of the theater experiences are doing it wrong. And I want it, you know, virtual reality. I want the seats to rumble and all hydraulics and moving all around and all, all that stuff. And um, and I and I open up my own theater and then. I'm trying to draw people in because of my vision of how the theater experience should be. And then Disney says, you know what? We're going to change that or else, you know, we're not going to give you any kind of movies of, of ours or anything else that we own to play it in, in your theater. We'll forbid it. Mm. And that makes me like, well, that's going to hurt my business because movies are my business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so everyone else is going to be unhappy with me because I can't show the movie and they're not going to know behind the scenes corporate decisions are being made and they're going to have to go everywhere else to see the movie except for my theater. Because I, I I don't I don't I don't I wouldn't be okay with outside sources calling shots for my business, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I for one, I mean, just just putting the the topic on on the shelf for just a moment and looking at Disney as a company, the the, the company itself is just it's it's such a juggernaut in the entertainment industry. And they like one of the, the biggest strengths of Disney is their ability to act as a custodian for pre-existing IPs, whether it's it's their own that 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 Walt Disney back in the day made or if it's you know due to acquiring different uh, companies such as Pixar or Marvel or even Lucasfilm, they they have uh, pivoted in such a way that, now that they they've paid top dollar for these companies, they're in this, this kind of state where they have to continue to cultivate those licenses and make sure that they don't lose the secret sauce or the, or the magic that made each one of those properties just, just a household name and yeah. just such a beloved um, IP to begin with. And so when it comes to, you know, Fox has their own persona as a company. They have their own culture. And I think it's kind of healthy to have multiple companies with their own kind of culture, their own way of doing things. Cause that, that's how you get great ideas. I think that, that if everybody gets under one house, the danger with that is you begin to get kind of tunnel vision creatively. Not, and I'm not saying that that's what Disney has because clearly Disney has top talent that work for them and they're able to, to create some, some truly amazing entertainment overall, whether it's through movies or TV or books, merchandise. I mean, even video games that, that they come out with with their licenses. I mean, the, 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 the going to the, um, the park is a delight. Every time you see some sort of new land that they tack on or, or there's some other kind of feature, I mean, it, it, they are uh, just a, a one-stop shop for just a, the, the AAA going experience. The park, Russ. I have to digress here for a minute. <clears throat> I haven't been to the park since you got us kicked off the freaking carousel back in the day. Have we ever talked about that on the show? I don't think we have, but it's been a long time. <laughs> 
Everyone's like, hey, have you seen Star you know, Star Wars stuff going on? No. Have you seen the, you know, the, 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 the what is it, Adventureland? No. Have you seen uh, whatever Bugs Life thing they got? It? No. I don't, haven't been there in years. I mean, it's been like probably 20 years. I think you're right. I think the last mm-hmm. time we were there was either, I think it was right around 1995, 1996. I was in, uh, I think it was a junior high. I was in junior high. Yes. I think. Yeah, I was. <laughs> No, I was. I was. I was. Me. You. Me. Him. <laughs> I have been there since that time. I've been there more recently. But having said that, I think the last time I was at a Disney park was in 2003. So it's been a while for me as well. I mean, it's what is that? 15 years? And all it takes is money, Russ. Fly 2003, over there. 2003, 2013. There's 10. Stay in a Disneyland hotel. I think about 14 years for me. But all for you, yeah, that food. would mean for you that would be that was. My goodness. It's been a while. I think you've, what is it? So 1990, let's just say 1995. 1995, then you have 2005, 2015, that's 20 years. Mm-hmm. So you haven't been there in 22 years. Yes. I do believe you are overdue. You need to take your girlfriend and I go. I know. Well, good grief. Get some pictures with Mickey uh, and Goofy, Daisy, all of them, you know. Yeah, that is a long time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a whole new world. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Only this time, why it's, you know, if you go, you'll probably see a lot of characters from Marvel and Lucasfilm. I mean, they kind of already did have like Star Wars presence there. Yeah. Um, Fast forward now. Uh, Let me ask you something here, Russ. Let me uh, phrase a question for you. Go go right ahead, Steve. Now, you and I both know that uh, Pixar is part of the family. No, you know? I don't. I, I I know nothing of this. Love me some Pixar. You know, Toy Story, Finding Nemo, uh, The Incredibles. A lot of good movies. I cannot wait for The Incredibles 2. It's been all long overdue. You know they're working on that, right? I know. Hmm. I know. Let me ask you something, Ross. I'm, I'm being sincere with this. Do you think... No. Therefore, you aren't. <laughs> Do you think Pixar is stronger or not as strong once they had been under the Disney umbrella? As in like before it was just, you know, a Pixar's picture film. Here you go. Now it's Disney Pixar film. Here you go. So at the creation of Pixar, they have always had a pre-existing relationship with Disney. I know. Disney was their publisher. I know. And distributor. I know. And they split the profits, I believe, 50-50. And actually, I think uh, initially their agreement was actually more in Disney's favor. And then when they renegotiated the contract, it went to 50-50. Okay. 50-50. That's what I'm trying to say. So, like, if you put in, if if you put in Toy Story 1, it's just going to say, like, Pixar. Disney might be in the background somewhere, but that's okay. But now it's, like, Disney Pixar. Like, it's all in the same movie poster. Like, Disney's name is stamped right there on it. <laughs> so my question to you, I'm, I, I, I don't think you've answered it yet. Since that has happened, and we fast forward from the early days of Toy Story in the theater when it was mainly Pixar, mm-hmm. you thought of, not Disney and Pixar together, mano y mano. Have they been stronger or weaker? I think as a general rule, they've been stronger. 
And I think it's because it wasn't like Pixar was on their own completely. They, they have always had a relationship with Disney. And the, what's interesting too, is that after Disney acquired Pixar, John Lasseter became, I believe the chief creative officer, or at least one of the chief creative creative officers at Disney. So you have the man who was at the helm of Pixar and suddenly, um, that was something that Disney sorely needed because for the longest time, Disney was struggling with making the transition from 2d feature films to 3d feature films, all the 3d feature films that they did. Uh, they just, it was lacking a certain something. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't think they sucked, but <laughs> yeah, like, I had to say it. but they definitely were not nearly as good as Pixar. And I think that was, once again, that was a great merger that Disney did. But what I think was, is most important is the fact that they have, um, allowed John Lasseter or probably John Lasseter had a stipulation in this negotiation where he stated that he will still remain as kind of the figurehead of Pixar, that they will be able to largely um, pursue pr uh, creative projects that they would like to pursue rather than Disney just completely taking over and saying, this is what you're going to create. And what's nice is that there's been a cross pollination where Disney's animation studios has gotten exposed to the techniques and the technology from Pixar. And as a result, like uh, tangled was just perfect. That was a great movie. Yeah. It was a, a perfect blend of the, the Disney style of animation and the charm, but it's mixed with the Pixar look. It right. was, it was just this, this like it, uh, it was the perfect representation of Disney and Pixar having a baby. That's that's what that yeah. that was the final result, and that's ultimately what I look forward to seeing more of from them. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, I, I think as a general rule, I think they're stronger for that. I would say the only thing, and th and this applies to any kind of merger, is you're no longer independent in terms of the trajectory that you want to take your company. Right. So you're going to be a bit at the mercy of what the company, you know, the parent company, in this case, Disney wants to do with you. So the empire, you have to make sure that your sales numbers are up mm -hmm. uh, because if they're not, then you, you run the risk of being disbanded. <laughs> yeah. Cut from the herd. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just, uh, Trimming side, uh, of the proverbial <laughs> fat. <laughs> uh, who was that? That was, um, I was Frank Underwood from, from House of Cards. What if I say no? Then we'll cleave you from the herd yeah. and watch you die. <laughs> Man. Whew. Anyhow. Since you put it like that. Uh, speaking of John Lasseter, though, Rose, um, he's got his own vineyard, and I think he has his wine available on the Disney cruises. So if you or anybody else takes a Disney cruise, you could pick me up a bottle because I hear it's really, really good. I actually would like to go on the Disney cruise. That That is yet another business model where uh, the folks who have gone say that's like, it's seriously one of the best cruises. Like everything is meticulously thought out. And I think that's one of the greatest strengths of um, Disney in general is that they place such an emphasis on user experience. And it's funny because like for me as someone who works in UI design, that has a bit of a, a special place in my heart, if you will. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is that with them, it's everything. Just just the way that, that they lay out stuff, whether it's it's the park or it's the, the cruise line or whatever it is. I was just talking about wine, but you know. Hey, the food. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing too. You, you go to the park and, and um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Blue Bayou. I love getting the, the dishes they have in there. It's just, I mean, the ice cream, everything no is, is just to a, 
absolute perfection. And it's, it's, I don't know. It's something that that other companies have attempted to copy and mm-hmm. failed, but we seem to be digressing a little on the uh, yeah, topic yeah. of the day here. I'll starting to think of another story, but I'll, I'll hold that one off Aaron, about uh, the food. Anyway, back to Pixar. So I would, I would disagree with you, Rose. Lovingly, of course. Lovingly disagree with you. I would say Pixar is a bit weaker. And I'll say that because the earlier movies that came out, bam, 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 home run, home run, home run, home run. I mean, just phenomenal movies. And I bought almost every single one of them. Since then, and Tangled being the exception, there's... Well, Tangled wasn't done by Pixar. That was a Disney film. But I mean, it, you, it was around that acquisition time. Well, it was after the acquisition. Right. But around that time is what I'm trying to say. So since then, you haven't had the magic and the strength of Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Toy Story, all those very, very strong foundational picks. I mean, you've had like The Good Dinosaur, for example. Eh. Well, that came out a long time ago, and that was actually done by Disney before they acquired Pixar. It was still Pixar's name's on it. I put it on my Netflix recently to watch it. Everyone's like, yeah, this is like this by Pixar and this is not that great. I'm like, oh, no, I'll definitely see it. That That's not accurate. Um, yeah, I don't know. I read it on IMDb, so that might have been a typo. Yeah. But uh, what else have we had? So we had another Finding Dory, I think it was. And then we had a couple of Cars movies. And it's just been like, mm, I don't know. Like, it seemed like a lot of, some of the magic has definitely been lost and and, and from Pixar in my eyes. Did you ever see Brave? Uh, yeah, I did. Did you like it or? Uh, I could pass on it. I, I thought it was kind of forgettable. Even even Inside Out recently, um, it took me the, I, if I didn't wait till like the last half of the movie when I was seeing Inside Out, I, I would have given up on it because the latter half was definitely stronger than the first half. The first half I was, I was getting really bored. I personally really loved Inside Out just because as a parent, um, I could really identify with a lot that was going on in the film. So that, that meant a lot to me. I enjoyed Brave. I never saw Finding Dory. I heard it was good, but I never saw it. Yeah, I saw it. There was Monsters University. I, I didn't see that. My thing is that um, as of late, it's kind of funny to, to hear myself say this, but like being a, such a huge Pixar fan, I actually have been kind of... Um, out of the the theater, you know, missing out on, on quite a few of their their more recent offerings. I know um, their latest one is called Coco. Yeah, that one's not out yet. That one's coming out, yeah. And that that looks interesting too. I, I'd like to see that. Um, but they had another one called The Good Dinosaur. I didn't. I think that's the one you made. That's have been what I just about. said. Yeah. Okay, because I thought you just said dinosaur. Because there there's one called Dinosaur that came out way back yeah, in no. the early 2000s. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, no. Okay. Um, you know they're working on Toy Story four. Hmm. I'm not too sure about if there's there are any other films on there, but um, you know, of course, Incredibles two is coming out. They've got Brad Bird back for that. So, and I hope they do very very well. But lately, just it 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 seems like it's it's uh, lacked a bit of the luster they've had before. There was another film that came out recently, and I can't remember what it's called, but I think it took place on Hawaii. That was Mona. Or Moana. Moana, that's right. I heard that one was excellent. Everyone I talked to who, who saw it was, they just said that, some of them even said that's like their favorite Pixar movie ever. I have yet to see that one. My uh, my GF saw it and said it was good. She wanted me to see it. Yeah. Well, anyway, do you have any other last thoughts about 
the possibility of a Disney Fox deal? No, I don't. <laughs> well, that's very <laughs> cut and dry. <laughs> that's all good. I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that. I mean, if it goes through, that will be huge. It'll be a, probably one of the biggest deals of the year if it goes through this year, if not the next year. Ginormous. I do believe that, in fact, wraps up this episode of Joygasm. We would like to thank all of you. I feel like I could, I could speak for the two of us. We definitely appreciate your time listening to us on the show. We look forward to having you back on next week's episode. Be sure to check out patreon.com slash joygasm and subscribe to get the most of the show. Also, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on soundcloud.com slash joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live. Until next time, folks. Hey, hey. Happy gaming!